Well, my message tonight is called Breathe, um, because I really felt God steering me in that direction. Normally, I take a totally different approach at this time of the year, and I like to go through some of the highlights and lowlights of the year and see what God's done. But God's done great things, and we might not be thankful for all the circumstances that we have been through this year, but we can be thankful in all the circumstances that we've been through this year. And, uh, you know, the Bible says we don't have to be thankful for everything, but we've got to be thankful in everything. And so we're thankful, and I trust you're giving thanks into the end of the year. Whether you're feeling on top of it, whether you're feeling tired, no matter what it is, I trust that you can give thanks on the way in. And we look forward to a new year. But I really felt the Holy Spirit just prompting me today to speak on breathing as we come to the end of a year. And I want to encourage you to breathe. It's kind of we do it naturally. But for a minute, right where you are, why don't you breathe? Breathe in. Breathe out. Feels quite good, doesn't it? Especially if you're intentional and think about what's happening. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Now just stop. Going to see who lasts the longest. You can't stop, can you? Well, not for long at least, because when you breathe in, I don't know how the mechanics of it all work, but when you breathe in, you bring, breathe oxygen in and it goes into your blood and it feeds your whole body to make your body live. Without breath, you die. Uh, you just stop. No breath, no life. That's simple. Our friends in India call it um, when, when people die, they say they expire, which is an interesting term. Expire, and that doesn't mean just past the use-by date. It means that the breath comes out of them, and the breath leaves them. They expire. They're dead. There's no longer breath in them. There's no longer breath in them. There's no longer strength in them. There's no longer life in them. So it's a critical factor that we breathe. And sometimes I think we, forgot, we forget to breathe. I... Apple know how important it is to breathe because my watch keeps telling me to breathe. Hey, no, we're not preaching Apple, Muller. Can't even do that as a Kiwi. It, it, but but it, the watch tells me to breathe. Why? Because it's important. It's good for my well-being to breathe. Um, I was doing some research on breathing and I found that poor breathing can cause anything from having to go to the bathroom too often to anxiety. I wasn't looking at anyone, Tim Brown, front row, down here. From having to go to the bathroom too often to anxiety. That's just from poor breathing. In fact, they say the opposite's true as well. If you learn to breathe properly, it can impact everything and add strength to everything from our thinking to our digestion. Just from breathing properly. Isn't that amazing? When you think about it, it makes sense. But it, it it, it adds strength to our lives. But here's the deal. God breathed life into you. He added strength to you. He breathed life into you, and you are alive because of the breath of God. It's not just oxygen. The breath of God. It's a breath of God breathing life into us that separates us from everything else on the planet. He didn't do that for anything else. 
He only did it for human beings. If we go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 5, it says this, Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs of water came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living person. That's an amazing passage of Scripture. Number one, just in case you wondered, it was always God's intention that you work. It was always God's intention that you work. It was God's intention right from day one that we partner with Him in His plans for the, for the planet. It says that, see, it says, for the Lord God had not, um, had not yet sent rain or earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. So he, he paused there because he couldn't go further because we hadn't come into the picture yet to fulfill our role, which was to cultivate the planet, basically, and to, but, but not just on our own with him in that. And then down in 7, it says, The Lord God formed the man. Everywhere else, God spoke, and things came into being. But not you. You're fashioned. You're formed by God. That is an amazing thing. You're fashioned, you're formed. You are formed out of dirt, it tells us. We know that to be true from science, don't we? High percentage of us, we're, we're dirt and water. And so, so we were formed out of dirt by God. He didn't speak, he formed, and then he breathed life into us. He breathed the life. What's it say? He breathed the breath of life. He breathed life into us. When it first says he breathed, that's the word nefar in, um, in Hebrew, and it literally means he breathed or he blew life into you. He blew it in. And then when it says he breathed the breath of life, so breathed nefar, and then samar, which is the breath of God. He blew the breath of God into you, or the breath of man, or the spirit of man into you. That's an amazing thing when you think about that. Everything that gives you strength in your breath, he breathed it in. He blew it into you. That's incredible. That makes you one special person. We might be one of eight billion or whatever it is, but we're one special one of eight billion because the living life that was God breathed it into you. That's an amazing thing to think about as we go into the end of the year. And I encourage you to think about it. I encourage you to breathe as we go into the end of the year. I encourage you to take time to breathe, to, to get in, in the presence of God and just breathe. I think breathing spiritually looks like praise, worship, the word, meditation. Just breathe in his presence and see what he says, see what he does, see what he says to you. It's an amazing opportunity. John chapter 20 and verse 19, I'll just jump straight to verse 22 says this, and Jesus has been to the cross, he's raised from the grave, and then he appears to the disciples on Sunday, on, on Sunday evening, he freaks them out, his first words are, peace be with you, you need that when Jesus appears out of nowhere, and then as he spoke, he, sh he showed them his wounds, etc., then he filled, they were filled with joy, when they saw the Lord again, he said, peace be with you, then he said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I think that's amazing because if you look at the end of creation, the last thing God did was breathe. 
Yeah? He breathed life into us. And then he births the church. Births the church. Jesus births the church. How does he do that? He breathes. And the Holy Spirit. If you go back a chapter, when Jesus was on the cross, he fulfilled his task. And then it says he released his spirit. I'm assuming at that point he breathed out. Because the job was done, that strength left him. But then we know he was raised again from the grave, which is amazing. There is strength in breathing. And really I want to talk about strength tonight. But strength comes from breathing. You get strong from breathing. You know when you run, when runners are out running, if their breathing is wrong, they have all sorts of trouble, don't they? They can't go far, they get tired, they puff, they huff, they no house falls down, all that stuff. And, and it just doesn't work. But if they breathe right, it, it works for them. It just They get in a rhythm and it works. Again, I think that breathing right is, um, is, is praise, worship, prayer, meditation, spiritually. And I think we need to learn to breathe properly in God, particularly after this year. Breathe properly in God. So Job 33, 4, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's amazing. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Job 32, 8, But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them, that makes them intelligent. I think we read these verses, we can just read over them, but if you really start to get it, you're going to realize that you're special that you're going to realize that you're the handwork of the creator. You're not just a number. You're not just here. You're actually really important in God's scheme of things. God's called you. In fact, you know, when God, he forms you, he breathes life into you, and he gives us a job to do. And that job is to partner with him in what he's asking us. Not just run off and do it. It's to partner with him. You know, I really think as I was just, mulling over tonight and, and thinking about tonight. There's a number of us in this room, and we're working, but I think we've confused work with call. Because God calls us to a purpose, and whatever God calls us to will have a factor in it that advances the kingdom. doesn't mean matter whether you're a doctor, a plumber, a mechanic, a nurse, a lawyer, whatever it is. Whatever God calls you to will have a factor in it for you that advances the kingdom. But I found as I was pondering this afternoon that there's people in the room tonight and you're working and there's no kingdom advancement whatsoever. It's just a job. And I get a sense that the Holy Spirit would say to you tonight, come on, follow the call. Follow the call. For some of you, you actually need to plan your, change your plans for next year. Some of you need to go to Bible college, do an internship. Just get in your lane with God. Get in your God lane and then branch out again from there. Because you've gotten a rut, a rut of just trying to put something in the bank account, but it's not going to fulfill the call of God in your life. I'm so far away from my notes right now, it doesn't matter. This is prophetic for some of you. This will be life-changing if you apply it. You'll know who it is because you're going to, you feel it here right now. It's called conviction of the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's more than just a job. It's more than just getting from A to B. It's actually stepping into and partnering with God in His desire for your life and his plan for your life. That's called partnering with God in the call. We talk, when we talk about it here, we talk about being in your lane because it will advance the kingdom. Don't get sucked into a job when you can 
pursue the call of God. So, so when, when he's talking there, going, um, but there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them. The word breath in there is the word ruach, which means the wind or the breath or the spirit of God. It's in you. The wind or the breath or the spirit of God is in you. That's what gives you the capacity to live as a human being. In Isaiah it says, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, speaking of Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear. That All the way through it's a word ruach, the wind, the breath, the spirit. In Zechariah 4.6, it says, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, it's not by force nor by strength, but it's by my spirit or by my ruach, by my breath. Or by my wind or by my spirit, says the Lord. In other words, it's not just about here and now. It's not about fighting flesh or blood. It's about powers and it's about spiritual stuff. Because God is a spiritual God. So just as the breath of God gives strength to humanity, making us who we are, so it also gives strength to our soul, to our spirit. Because we're spirit beings. We're created in his image. We're in a body. So I want to urge you to take the time over the break to breathe. Because breathing will restore strength to your body, to your soul, to your spirit. Taking the time to simply breathe, pray, praise, thank, worship, meditate. Just get in his presence. Listen. And he'll restore strength. Oh, you'll feel it. He'll put his finger on a few things and go, yeah, that's not helping your cause. You'll go, ouch. Hey, that's all right. He's doing it because he's, it's for your own good, eh? Because he loves you. Yeah, but he'll, and, and then you'll just be there and there'll be a thought here and you'll go, I hadn't thought of that or seen that that way before. Wow, that's amazing. And he will strengthen you. I want to give this to you in a practical um, illustration because I'm quite practical. Some people aren't, I know, but hopefully you'll get this. Thank you. Do you know what this is? Some of you don't even know what it is. That's how practical you are. This is off a car. Yes? It's off the front of a car. And you can see that it's dented. It's damaged. Yep, you can see that. It's not as it should be. It's had a year like you and I have had. It's been knocked round a bit. It's had the wind knocked out of it. It's had the breath knocked out of it. You see, I get two choices. When I see a panel like this, if I was going to fix this, there's two things I can do. The first is I could go down to the, the, the shop and I could buy filler. Bog, as it's commonly known. Filler. And I could mix it up and I could just smear it across all this and return it to its original shape. I could smear it across, I could sand it down, I could put some paint on it, you wouldn't know, it would look quite good. To the untrained eye, it would just look like a panel. That's what many of us do with our lives. We go through hardship, we get the wind knocked out of us, we have some challenges during the year, but instead of addressing them properly, we just put a veneer over them, we just fill them, bit of foundation, is that what it's called? And, and it looks, it'll look good. 
It'll look like it's the real deal. But what's happened is, because of the damage that's underneath it, it's no longer got its uh, strength. It's no longer got its rigidity. It's no longer the, what, it was planned, um, what it was designed to do. It can't do anymore because it's lost all its strength because it's lost its shape. So I can either just put the filler in it, which is that veneer, just smile, nod, wave, carry on, pretend everything's okay, until the next time you come into difficulties, and then you don't have the strength to address them properly because you've actually just got a Band-Aid on instead of being fixed properly, or I could fix it properly. Now, if I was to fix this properly, there's several things I've got to do. It's got a line or what we call a swage around here. I'd have to punch that out. That would have to be punched out because that swage will hold the tension in the rest of the panel once it's in the right place. And then I'd have to pop out all these dents. And with the dents, what would happen is, if you were to fix it properly, you've got to get them out and then you've got to push some out. And you've got to pull some in until you get the structure, the rigidity back in it. Now, if I spent the time on it, I could get with a bit of shrinking and a bit of stretching and a bit of tapping and those. I'm going to use a hammer. Sometimes Jesus uses a hammer on you, but it's only because one, you're not listening and two, he loves you. But, but I, can use, I could use it and I could actually get the strength back in the panel because I've taken the time to realign it. I've taken the time to get the shape back in it. This is exactly what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants to actually do the work so that we've got strength. Because if I get the strength back in it properly, if I do the repair properly and it has another hardship, it's going to hold up. In fact, if all I did was fill it and it had a hardship, the filler would probably fly out and hurt someone. So it becomes a liability and dangerous. And it doesn't have, and the vehicle will damage more and be less safe because it wasn't repaired properly. Therefore, it didn't have the strength that it was intended to have. Yours and my lives are very much like that. We put the veneer on and we just keep marching on. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. No, it won't be all right. It'll be all right until another hardship comes or a calamity comes or until you're tried or until you've got to stand up for something or stand for your morals and then you fall apart. But if we actually get in the presence of God, if we breathe and allow Him to add strength to our lives and allow Him to do the work, see, it wouldn't be very pleasant, would it? But you know, that started to get some shape back. Oh, it's not going to work. I need a hammer. God's not that brutal. But it's not always comfortable when he's going to work on us. But if you want to be strong, if you want to have the shape you were created to have, if you want to walk in the call, we've got to get in the presence of God and allow him to do some work on us got to get in his presence and just breathe and as we breathe in his presence he goes to work and he adds strength you're designed to be strong you're not designed to be weak you're designed to flourish you're not designed to fall over you're designed to you're designed to stand firm that's what Ephesians tells us stand firm not to fall over but for those things to happen you need to breathe because it'll add strength you know, the, the place where we really start to breathe is when we come into relationship with Jesus. He created you and I for relationship with Him. And then as we walk with Him, He makes the adjustments. 
And I don't know, you could look at the adjustments that he makes in our lives as a negative maybe, but I look at them as a huge positive. Because I know he's forming in me the strength so I can be what he always desired I'd be and so that I can fulfill what he wants me to fulfill. He's doing the same with you as you walk with him. Some of you haven't even started to imagine what you're going to achieve in your lifetime with Jesus if you just walk in his call and allow him to make you strong. But it starts when we give our life to him. We come into relationship with him. And then we start to, at that point, we start to fulfill the original purpose of man, to walk in partnership with God to do the work he's called us to do in this world. And that's a wonderful thing. And that goes on for all eternity. But many are quite happy just to live with a Band-Aid on and hope it goes away.